Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. Today, Gino Guillermo and Jason Vaughn, me, discuss the important issue of truth versus preference and why, as churchmen, we need to diagnose, is this a truth issue or is this a preference issue? listening to this at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., noon. You might be listening to this or turning it on so that you can help your kid fall asleep in the middle of the night. Uh, but my name is Jason Vaughn, and I'm here with Gino Guillermo. Hello, everyone. This is a podcast of Cornerstone Community Church in Las Vegas. So, good day. Yeah, uh, important topic today. Yes, sir. Good, good discussion. Uh, if you're in Cornerstone any amount of time, you will hear us reference truth versus preference. All the time. All the time. <laughs> and so uh, we wanted to provide a podcast that we could send people to who say, hey, because every now and then somebody says, I hear you say that a lot, truth versus preference. And so now we can kind of put some teeth and a little bit of a, uh, get people historically into the discussion of the church. And so uh, we want to talk about that today, the truth versus um, preference issue, uh, probably one of the more important issues that we can talk about in the church. And so uh, before we get started, just like to throw a shout out to uh, what we are drinking today in today's podcast. So Gino is drinking uh, iced coffee from Sunday. Yeah, I think this is Dark Moon. Dark Moon. Yeah, Ecuador, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's actually it's still good. Yeah, because it was like preserved in vacuum pot, see, and then yeah, thrown directly into the fridge and yeah, served over ice now. Well, and Scott made it, did a good job of making it. Thank you, Scott. Yep. excellent. Good job, Scott. Goes down to Dark Moon and picks up that and does that because he loves you and loves the Lord. And uh, I am drinking Olympia El Salvador though today, so I went a little different route. Yeah. Uh, so we have an iced and a hot represented at the table. It's it's only one o seven outside, so. I had to go iced. Oh, it's only one oh seven. I had to drive here, so I had to. Yeah, <laughs> I had to maybe, drink something cold, colder. Maybe when it hits one ten, I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one oh seven. Tomorrow it's gonna be like Sunday. It's gonna be yeah, blistering hot. Blistering. Yeah. Well, yeah. Honestly, though, I can't think of a better difference in our coffee choosing today than a discussion on truth and preference. So. Uh, yeah, as we, as we talk in Cornerstone a lot, and I, I think we mentioned from the pulpit, I think every time I've ever preached on unity uh, from Philippians 1, 27 to 30, which I, I like to preach that message once a year at minimum, uh, truth and preference always gets brought up because nothing divides a church like turning preference issues into truth issues. Mm-hmm. And that's the main danger, right? When we elevate preferences to the truth level. Yes, and we start saying, oh, this is actually something we must do. Yes. Not realizing that it was actually a preference right. issue. Right. That's why it's important. Yeah. And and even, um, you know, to kind of piggyback, we did talk, we've talked about this uh, casually in the podcast mm-hmm. on expectations. I think we maybe even kind of gave a brief, brief mention to it on hills that we die on. I think so. Yeah. And so hopefully this isn't even the first time you're hearing this. Unless this is the first podcast you're tuning into, in which case, welcome. Welcome to the show on Churchmen. And we want you to be a churchman. So uh, that's why hopefully you're listening, is to equip yourself to be better at uh, worshiping the Lord through your responsibility to the local church. And so, uh, but nothing divides a church like preferences. And uh, sometimes even uh, we have to, uh, this would kind of associate it even a little bit with the hills we die on, because I think when you do solidify that it may be a truth issue that you're dying on, there's still that second question of, is this, the, is this a truth hill I should die on? Right. Yeah. 
I think the goal of this podcast is really diving down and digging into like how do we get to preference versus truth maybe and how do you think about that in ministry and yes. church and what are they yeah yeah and uh and I think I think understanding sometimes you have a preference issue uh it's helpful because many times in the church you see something that maybe you don't like or you wish was different uh, but in a discussion, you kind of find out, yeah, it's not like you're unbiblical in thinking, but it also is closer to a preference than it is to like hardcore truth. Mm, yep. Yeah. So uh, truth versus preference. I'm going to define truth as being what the Bible specifically, unequivocally, clearly communicates. Right. This is something that doesn't change yes. um, despite any person's you know background or anything. Cult, yes. Even culture, the Bible is always the Bible. The truth is always the truth. Yes. Um, for example, um, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That's Jesus Christ. That's truth. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is true that there is only one way to salvation, and that's through Christ. Correct. Yes. Uh However, that's not a preference issue. That's a truth issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, another truth issue, you know, to unfold that might be uh, preaching the word is a truth issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the different styles that a preacher has might be more of a preference issue. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or, or your big one's evangelism. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How, how we evangelize. Yes. Is a preference issue versus should we evangelize right which is a truth issue correct yeah so when somebody comes to me and says way of the master is the only way now there's some way of the master person is going to be mad at me for hearing this i kind of i kind of like to say to him hey I'm, I'm happy it works for you and it is true and thank thank you for evangelizing and you're using god's word so that's good mm-hmm. but the only way to evangelize part of me is kind of like well that that's kind of a hill you're dying on and it's you may prefer that way but you're not recognizing there are other ways to evangelize that communicate the same message, you know, that, that is still evangelism. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a uh, preference issue would be things that the Bible doesn't specifically say, but I prefer them. Mm. And that doesn't mean that there isn't some level of wisdom behind it. It doesn't mean they're not biblically informed in some way. Uh, it doesn't mean that there aren't hard truths sometimes in our preference issues. Right. And so even then, like I prefer way of the master in my evangelism again, that, that there might be some wisdom behind that. Uh, there, there might be, you know, some biblical thinking in that. Mm-hmm. The problem comes down to when you're sitting there insulting or bashing somebody else who just told somebody about Jesus Christ, death, burial and resurrection and the need to repent. And you're telling them, well, you're not evangelizing the correct way. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. Are we going to die on that? Or preacher boy on Sunday doesn't give us the way of the master when he proclaims the gospel. You know, are we going to split a church or separate and divide over that issue? Well, now we start to create problems. Right. Right. Yeah. We tend to use our experiences as kind of the standard, which is dangerous. So it is dangerous. Oftentimes we, you know, are blessed by something greatly, which is awesome. Right. Thank God for those ministries and thank God for people who came and reached out to us in those unique ways. I mean, I, the way I got saved was very unique, you know. Um, but uh, at the same time, I don't want want to necessarily force that specific way. Right. Ultimately, in the end, the one common denominator to when people get saved is the Word of God. Right. Word of God. The Spirit is using the Word of God to convert a person's heart. Right. That's the one constant. And that's a truth this year. Right? It's like if you're right. going to preach the gospel, make sure you're preaching the Word, you're teaching the Word, you're right. explaining what the word is teaching. Yeah, I agree. And you know, uh, how, how preferences manifest themselves. We are given one example here with the, uh, the evangelism road, but, uh, preference issues in my opinion would be like food. Uh, you know, if you like tacos or don't like tacos, even though I think it's weird if you don't like tacos, like, um, <laughs> however, at the end of the day, it's a preference issue. Mm-hmm. If you don't like tacos, it's fine. Don't eat tacos. Like, but that's just weird. Yeah. If you don't like, <laughs> you know, uh, chili, then don't, you know, don't eat chili. It's fine. What gets weird 
is when you're insulting somebody, like literally truthfully insulting them because they don't like the same things you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, music, huge preference issue. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And I think, man, especially in today's discussion, right? Because music ultimately tends to reflect the culture. Yeah. And so I don't think people realize that cultures are just preferences as well. They're not truth. Right. So like we're not, our culture is not our ultimate identity. And so when people start saying that and then connect the music to culture and they start saying they're not playing my music, right? Right. It's just very me focused, very preference oriented. Right. Yeah. And that, that boils down to huge problems. I know traveling to Croatia a couple of times. You know, and you've been overseas a couple times where you begin to you see oh Americans have very distinct American preferences and the Croats have very distinct Croatian preferences. Right. Yeah. And at the at one level you kinda go, It's not wrong. Like it's it's not it it's awkward for me the first time I went to one of their feasts and there was no water, there was only sparkling water. Mm. And you're sitting there as the American who doesn't really like sparkling water at the time parched for something to drink. And it's like, I either drink this lukewarm soda or I drink the lukewarm sparkling water. And you're like, I just need water. And so you're down, you're drowning yourself in water and you come home and you start craving it. Next thing you know, you're buying them by the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but it's a preference issue, right? It's not like, Hey, let me go die on this hill that all feasts have to have sparkling water. Right. Uh, TV shows, preference issue. Uh, now, obviously, there's a line there, right? You come to me and say, my spouse wants to watch pornography. Well, now there's a truth issue there, right? And there's there's blatant sin in that TV show. But on the flip side, if you're like, oh, I love dramas, or I love mystery, or I love the British PBS Downton Abbey. Ugh. Is that how you say it? Downton I think, isn't it downtown? <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I don't watch it. So yeah, I don't either. Downtown. Yeah. I thought it was downtown. No, there's no, there's no W there. At the, oh, the, yeah. It's downtown. Gee. Yeah. See, there's no W there at the end. It's just downtown. And, uh, I know, I know a lot of people love that show and that's great. Uh, I would personally rather go beat my head against the wall, but that's fine. That if you like downtown Abbey, like, you know, that's okay. I, it's not going to bother me. You know, it used to bother me when, when I would hear some Christians say, well, you, should, you shouldn't you should waste your time watching TV. Well, what's a redeeming form of internet? We'll read a book. And it's kind of like, well, sure. I mean, I like books as much as the next guy. And I'm always trying to read 100 a year and haven't come close to that yet in my, in my three years of trying to do this. But um, it's a preference issue to say you should read a book and not watch TV. Right. Yeah. Now you did mention that um, you know some you know preferences could be founded on biblical foundation. Um, you know preferences. I, I would even say that there are some preferences that could be generally better than others. I mean, yes. you know, generally speaking. Um, but uh, I don't know your thoughts on that. Just 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 because I know there's someone out there thinking, well, yeah, there's different preferences, but this preference is better. Yeah, and I I think at the end. You always have to say, why is this preference better? And you have to ask yourself, the, is the equation that makes it better my personal distinctions? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, well, I prefer the way this hamburger shop uh, runs their line. And I think it's better. Well, you, you, may, you, may, be, you may be right. One, you, you know, um, uh, who's the company, the the electric electronic company, the big one down at fries fries, like the way they run their, uh, their line. Mm-hmm. I do prefer that, that method better because you stand in one line. And when the, the, the gate, when the, when the teller person, when the cashier opens up, they flag you and you go to that number. And mm-hmm. I like that because it doesn't matter when you go to the line you know, if you're the fifth person there, you're the fifth person, right? Because nothing worse sometimes than standing and you're like, oh, that's going to be the short line. And you go and you stand and the person up there who's going to pay out, they're like, okay, it's a hundred dollars. And the person's like, oh, I got to pay, <laughs> you know, and it takes them 30 minutes to, to, to find their purse or to find their purse within their purse, which is a weird concept, <laughs> but I'm sure women understand that. I just don't necessarily understand that. 
And then they open their purse within a purse. And then it's like they find something and they're like, oh, hold on. I got the change. And 45 minutes go by and the line that was 10 long, all of them have gone through. And you're like, wow, I could, I, who would have known? So I like the fries method. But at the flip side, I also have to recognize that it is my preference that my criteria in that line is that I want lines to move fast because I don't want to stand there for a long time. Right. Now, is that a biblical issue? No, that, that's a my preference issue. And so even in that preference, my personal, the criteria that I'm using to weigh that is a lot of my personal preferences. Uh, another one is beauty. Well, I think this is beautiful. So I think it would be better if we all did this because it's beautiful. Well, there's a part of me that's like, you're talking about behavior or anything, okay. anything like, oh, I just love this because it's beautiful. Gotcha. Uh, well, at the end of the day, I still have to recognize that it is my personal preference that is defining beauty here. And therefore, I'm saying this is more beautiful than that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm a mountains guy more than I'm a beach guy. Uh, but for me to tell some you, right. So the second I say, Hey, I think mountains are more beautiful. So let's go. We, we should always spend our time at the mountains. Well, it is my personal preference of the beauty of mountains that is coloring and influencing that final decision. Right. So it's not a truth issue. Like God made the ocean and the mountains beautiful. Uh, he made the desert beautiful, you know, and sometimes it's hard to look around Las Vegas and go, that's beautiful. Yeah. But there is a time sometimes where you're looking at you, you know, it is beautiful in its own way. Yep. Yeah. And there are some people that love the desert yeah. and you know, and so how do you then say to them, well, your beauty is better than his beauty because your beauty, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I have to realize that's my preference. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe, maybe the better way to say it, there, there are preferences that tend to work better generally for, uh, maybe a group of people or yes. a, a person or yeah. so it could be, it could be generally true yes, for a group of people, but not always true. Therefore it's not a truth. Right. It's not a truth issue. Right. So in that, and, and so that's why navigating with this framework is important, right? Because what we ultimately have to do at some point is say, well, I'm not going to die on that hill or right. I'm not, I'm going to give into it because it's not a big deal. Right. It's okay. my preference and I need to back off. So, I think where, where this comes into play a lot is corporate worship. Right. Right. And so um, I'm 100% aware that there are some people that wish I told more stories in my sermons and had funnier jokes. And I have two responses to that. One, my jokes are pretty funny if you get them. <laughs> uh, and so it takes an intellectual awareness to get them. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just kidding. That's a total joke. But, uh, you know, it may be a dumbing down of your intellect. But, uh, but the second thing is, right. I'm just not that big story guy. I'm, I want to know what the text says and I want to draw out the principles of the text and try to exhort you to live by God's word. So I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying it's wrong, right. For guys to tell stories on the flip side, I'm telling you, that's not the way I'm wired to think. Right. You almost have to think uh, opposite. So a lot of times we, so the preference, uh, mentality or or, or or attitude is, you know, this is what I want versus like, you know what? That person has a strength. Let's celebrate their strength. Yes. And like make a big deal because that's how God built them. Yes. Uh, and that's such a better way to live life. Yes. Because if you start thinking about, you know, your children that way, your spouse that way, you know, a preacher or any right. anybody in any position, right? Or any part of society, like celebrate their strength and like encourage their strength and Yes. You know, don't, don't beat them up with their weaknesses. It's, right. Life is so much better. No. And I like that you're saying that because I think a lot of times, right. I mean, when, when we think about, um, like the way you lead music, you are, you are leading it in a way that makes the most sense for you and the way that God wired you. So for me to sit in the back and complain about the way you lead music. And by the way, nobody ever comes to me and complains about music. So if you're hearing this thinking, I'm like trying to like subtweet somebody, I'm not. Uh, right. The, the reality is it's better to let you lead in a way that fits your personality and wiring and gifting, because that's the way God's wired you. And it's better for me just to, to follow and sing the music right, and worship God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I may, I may prefer classic rock, which I think most people know that I, that's my like favorite genre of music. 
But I never leave going, man, that just wasn't enough like Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. Like I just like to me, it's like that's this is this is corporate worship. This is a time for me to put aside any preference I may have and sing this song, you know, Mm -hmm. and we all have favorite worship songs. And I don't care who you are. Every Sunday, you're not going to you're, you're not going to hear your favorite song every Sunday. Right. And so when it's played, thank God. And when it's not played, thank God. I think a believer, a genuine believer, will walk away always blessed because, especially if the goal if the goal is to celebrate Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you're going to walk away because if your mindset was I'm going to go, you know, it's church day and yeah. we're going to lift up Christ, and that was the main thing in your mind. Yes, you're going to walk away feeling uplifted and encouraged because that's exactly our goal, right? Yes. That's what we're trying to do with the music. That's what we're trying to do with preaching, the fellowship. It's always to lift up Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, and, and But the, the person who's going to walk into church thinking like, you know, they're, they're, they're wanting, you know, a specific way children's ministry is run, specific way, a, a specific song that make, maybe makes them dance and clap. Um, mm. Uh, and, and by the way, no one's ever, no one will ever tell you at Cornerstone to not dance or not clap, uh, right. unless the dancing is like super distracting. Right, <laughs> right. right. Um, but I mean, yeah, all natural forms of exuberance is fine. Right. Uh, yeah, even even the the raising of hands. You know, I've been questioned on that before. Why don't Why don't we raise our hands? And I've said nobody is stopping you from raising your hands. Right. Yeah. And then say, so, you know, we've had a few people say, well, you should. We should all raise our hands. But it says it says that in the Old Testament. Yeah, and yeah. and my thought is then raise them. Yeah. Like at the flip side, you don't need me to tell you to raise them. I'm not telling you not to raise them. Yeah, there's not a biblical case in right. the New Testament for 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 everyone's liturgy to be the same. And our right. liturgy is is a liturgy of uh, you know we have we do have specific things in our liturgy, but there is a freedom to express yourself. Right. Well, and I think that's that that's even interesting because the way God's wired our church, I think, is the way He doesn't wire every church the same way, right? Every elder board, there may be elders. I don't, I don't like calling them boards, but every elder team, there there are elders, but there, but all of us are not wired the same down to the same details of our life in every church, and so liturgies are going to look a little different. Oh, we should probably like just explain liturgy real quick oh yeah the order that of, sounds the order of service okay yeah just simply yeah. the order of service how why yeah. the, the the order of the way we do our service yes. specifically whoops and every church has a liturgy if a yes. church the even a church is we don't have a high we don't have a liturgy that's wrong you do mm-hmm. because at some point you start the service there's some order in which you do things that is that is a liturgy you can call it whatever you want but it is a liturgy right yeah and and at the same token Right. The Bible says you have to sing, you need to read scripture, uh, and you need to preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to take the Lord's Supper and you need to baptize. And it doesn't right again, it doesn't dictate the details of that. Right. And so it Which just is faithful. In the Old Testament it does. Yes. And we're not Old Testament. No, we're New Testament. Yeah, we're not under the old covenant, nor are we under Israelite law. Right. So those who confuse and that's that's just bad exegesis some people say we got to do it this way like wait wait a minute no this is a different yes we're not under the old covenant no and in fact even even justin martyr uh when he was writing a letter explaining what they did in worship it's a lot of what we just said he says you know we sing we pray together we read scripture together somebody stands up and exhorts people from the scripture uh, we partake of the lord's supper and we fellowship and those are principles right and again you know, even even the well, the Bible says we should sing hymns, so you should be singing hymns. Well, the hymns that we sing today did not even develop until the 18th century. So, was was Paul in Ephesians, you know, saying, "Hey, make sure you're singing this Charles Wesley sermon or this Charles Wesley hymn," mm-hmm. you know, like, "Hey, I'm prophesying 18 years in the future," and for 1800 years the church was in sin. Because they didn't, they didn't sing Charles Wesley hymns because he hadn't been born and wrote them yet. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, again, even the hymn thing is the, is the preference. Now, does the song exalt the Lord and is it rich theologically? I would argue that's the truth. The preference is the accompanying music and the way that it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, and so a lot of us have taken note of that, that there are me-centered songs that some churches do in corporate worship that are not God-exalting. Mm-hmm. And then there are God exalting songs. And so I would say the truth is, is the song God exalting? The preference is 
was there a guitar, drums, keyboard, you know, even repetition of the chorus is not sinful. Right. You know, and so if, Gina, if you're like, well, I want us to sing this chorus three times, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We sing the chorus three times, you know. Um, yeah, emphasis for emphasis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, on the right syllable. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think I think in our truth and preference discussion, you know, you, the church gets into problems when when I come into the church and say, well, this needs to be done my way. Your your sermon should be done my way. And every now and then somebody will say, I wish you'd do this or this. And and, I, and sometimes I tell them that's a good point or that's a good point. And sometimes I have to tell them, you know what, that's not uh, that's not how I'm wired. And so I love you, uh, but I'm going to preach in the way that, that I feel like, one, I'm preaching to exalt God first. And two, I am praying that it encourages you. Sometimes somebody's, you know, uh, you know, the different responses to sermons can be interesting, but sometimes your preference is coming out and sometimes the truth is coming out. And so, yeah, you yeah. have to distinguish that. Yeah, I would encourage those people who struggle in that way, you know, um, start uh, uh, start thinking Philippians too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, don't prefer, I mean, start to prefer others. And, and really what that looks like, I think, is really um, uh, thanking, being thankful for their strengths. Yes. Not simply, not simply just like giving up your, you know, preference and like in scowling in the corner. Right. But actually like, Hey, like let's celebrate this. Yeah. So yeah, you and that that's I think where the conversation ultimately has to go to, right? So there's truth issues, there's preference issues. Um, you know, and ultimately when I recognize that I'm dealing with a preference issue, what must I then how then do I navigate that preference issue? And you go to Philippians two four, right? Do not look out for your own personal interest, uh, but the interest of others, but also the interest of others and have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus. Worship is dying to self, you know, right? This submitting to Christ and exalting him. Mm-hmm. And so the second that I walk in and I say, well, this is the way I want it done, right? We are automatically not in a worshipful heart, right? Because now we're not dying to myself, we are, we are now, we're now asking others to die to me, Yeah, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, why doesn't your service have this or, you know, well, every worship, I remember I got an email once every worship service I've ever been to in my life. The, the pastor stops some point and has everybody have a five minute time to, to, to shake hands with the people around them. And it's like, okay, sorry, sorry. I we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess the, you know, I, I just encouraged the person who, who was a visitor. They, they didn't go to our church. They were a visitor visiting from out of town and felt like it was their duty to, to correct me on this one, which is fine. Uh, Lord bless her. Uh, but you know, it's kind of like, well, the whole 30 minutes that you were here before service, when everybody was saying hi to you, what was the difference? Mm. Like was, was there, you know, We've all, we're all fellowshipping with each other before the service. We're all talking before the service. So how are we not encouraging fellowship? You know? And so I just tried to kind of ask her a couple of questions to get her to think a little bit like, why, why does it have to be boxed? So into your way of doing things mm-hmm. like, you know, I grant that other churches from other parts of the country do that. That's fine. Nobody's condemning or not condemning, but at the same token, to, to then turn around and for me, I would even challenge to say, Hey, to think that that 30 seconds is fellowship. Well, that's, that's wrong. That's not fellowship. You know, you, you may be in cordial and greeting the people around you, but if you're leaving church going, well, I fellowship because I had that 30 seconds in service, I'm going to sit you down. I'd love to sit you down, make you a cup of coffee and challenge you to death on why that's not going to fulfill any fellowship requirements that God has given you. Right. Um, and would love to show you why you can't possibly effectively minister to people with that time that, that the service gave you. And again, it's not right or wrong, but at the same token, like I'm going to challenge you on that. But so, uh, you know, I get it on the one hand, but that was her, you know, her preference and that's fine. I, I get it. That's your preference. But right. When I come to church, if I'm dying to self and I'm living for living for Christ and there's a sense in which I don't care about the style of music, just give me content. Right. And okay, Lord, you've wired this guy this way. Right. 
it's actually my job to sit and listen and to learn and to engage mentally. You know, we talked about this in preparing for corporate worship right at the very start of the, the, the very first podcast that we did was, right, I have to come in prepared. And if I come in and all I'm doing is nitpicking the church because they don't do it my way, well, guess what? You're not worshiping the Lord. You're worshiping yourself. Mm. And that's where problems develop, right? You cannot, you can't, God, God does not want competing worship. And so that not dying to self, turning in on self, you know, and what's even worse is then when we start to gather other people around us and say, well, this isn't the way we prefer it. Well, okay, that that's fine. But I mean, now you're starting to create division over preference issues. And that and that's kind of an issue for me because uh, the Bible says that's dangerous to the church. Yeah. I, I, Paul makes a big deal in his epistles uh, for unity and uh, ultimately, the achieving of unity unity is 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 love and humility, and what that looks like is preferring others. Yes, yeah, uh, it's such a huge like theme in in a lot of his epistles because he's always trying to bring the church around, you know, around Jesus Christ, which yes. means die to yourself. Yeah, yeah, and and super important. I would say this manifests itself outside of corporate worship too, uh, in a way to where we need to be. We need to when we when we see what other people do. Sometimes you you can't notice you can't help but notice the way other people do things, or what they do. And sometimes you know you kind of have this. Well, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, again, like there are times where, you know, you I have certainly been in situations where, where I've talked to one person, and that person has made a decision that was the right decision. Mm. And then I've talked to another person who is in the exact same situation as the first person and made a different decision. And for that person, it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. So they both made different decisions, mm. same situation, same scenario, different decisions. And for both of them, it was the right decision. Wow. So revelation, right. they must be different people, right? And they're different people, right? <laughs> right? And so that that's important to know that one, right. they're different people. But two different circumstances, situations, same circumstances, kind of same circumstances, same situation, but different people. And I think the point there is that, you know, sometimes you see that and you go, hey, it's not always the truth doesn't always manifest itself every time in the same cookie cutter fashion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's different. And so when you're evaluating that, right, there, there is a sense in which sometimes I'll say, well, do I see biblical principles governing the decision? And the answer is yes. Then, then at the end of that, I can go. You know what? It's okay. There, at some level, there's a preference issue here, and that's okay too. Uh, and I think I'll, some people don't like that because it's to them it's a little fuzzy, but it comes back to a wisdom issue too. And so I think that's that's where sometimes it's freeing to realize there's wisdom in is, in decisions, there's preference in decisions, but being able to discern where's the truth and where's the preference is really helpful in that. Right. Yeah, I think, and especially, so there, there's there is um, the result in in um, the result in humility and preferring each other is you do have a beautiful unity. Yes. Um, that 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 is birthed from that. Yes. Uh, and it's gorgeous. It's it's awesome because then you can actually focus on the things that matter. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you have everybody dying to self to exalt Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And even even maybe in personal lives of holiness issues to recognize that uh, the way I parent my kids may be slightly different from the way you parent your kids. But the interesting part is to see that the same truth is influencing us in our leadership of kids to the gospel. Right. And to, to recognize it because of the different personalities, the different sometimes different backgrounds, different cultures, different different other things. Those are enough of an influence to go, okay, hey, I don't want to make Gino parent his kids the same way I do because he's not me. You know, on the flip side, you know, we talked about that. Like the same common principles are there, listen and obey, um, you know, don't whine, have a good attitude. But how that manifests itself sometimes in the way you deal with that is is different enough to say, hey, I prefer to lead my kids by um, – What's the word I always use by exaggeration and hyperbole, right? Like I'm absurd with my kids. So when my kids are whining, sometimes I'll whine back at them Mm. and then, you know, dad, I want a cookie. No. And I'll look at them and go, Oh, you 
you grumbled. You can have whatever you want in the house. Mm-hmm. And they always realize that, that, that I'm joking and that's hyperbole. Now they quit doing that. So maybe it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, I'm trying to show them the, the silliness of the way that they're responding. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that's the way I prefer to do it. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean right. And so, you know, I'm not trying to, to belittle them. I'm not trying to exasperate them. I'm all trying that to sh- literature in your background, all that hyperbole in your background and, yeah. and, and dry comedy, you know? Yeah. See, and, <laughs> see, but they get it. They, yeah, yeah. They figured it out, you know? And, yeah. and that's the beauty of it. At some level, you know, you, you do have personality and preference and that's okay. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and so you want to be careful when you, when the way you want, when the way you, you work with other people and observe other people and love other people, you have to, in your head, have room for, it's okay that they do it different than me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like just thinking about the whole issue even more deeply, like even as we work together as elders, we're, so, we're also different. Yes. But at the same time, we all have our own preferences, but there's also a learning, right? Like yes. so like I learn how you parent uh, and then I take some of what makes sense in my situation and I could still learn from that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. Like it's not like it's your preference and that's my preference and there's never any overlap. It's right. It's more like, you know, um, we can all, because I, the reason I'm thinking about this is because ultimately we do lead the church as servant leaders, but we are leading at some level with our preferences as leaders because we have to, you know, we have to, uh, we have to do, we have to lead according to our strengths. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I to- totally make sense. And I think that's where. Like we can't be a, a square, pe- you know, a square peg into a, a circle, a right. round hole, or how does that, <laughs> I forget how right. that expression well, goes. Well, I think that, I think that even works itself out too, right? Like, um, so that, that Philippians 2, 4, do not look out for your own personal interests, but the interests of others. Um, when, when Caitlin and Amber are doing something, uh, for me, you know, they're, they're working, they're doing something for the church. Oftentimes it's, it's directly related to something you and I need done and it's taking something off my plate. Uh, I'm not then going to turn around and micromanage them in the way that they do it. Mm. So if, if Caitlin and Amber prefer to do it a certain way, then I'm going to let them do it that certain way. As long as it's not sinful, you know, if it's sinful, then we'll step in and get involved. But so when Ramil comes and says, Hey, I prefer to do this, with the finance team, you know, or prefer to use this service or this service, there's a part of me going like, man, if that, that's the one that works best for a meal, then I'm not going to step in and get involved. You know, if somebody came to me and said, hey, I, I think you need to study uh, from two to four every day, I would ask them, why, why are you, why are micromanage me in that way? Like, what mm-hmm. are you concerned about? Like, my brain doesn't receive information well from two to four in the afternoon. It's a better for me to output or hang out with people at that time of the day than it is for me to, to have a book open and my nose in the book. My brain just doesn't, doesn't like to receive information from that, that part of the day. So, you know, I don't want to, in working with other people, I want to defer to what works for them best. But to me, the gate or the fence is the truth, mm-hmm. right? You start, your preferences start moving you outside of that truth. Well, now I'm going to, now I'm going to have an issue with you. And now I'm going to kind of step in and say, Hey, I don't want to micromanage you at the same token. We, we do need to move you back within into the same field of play that God has given us to work in. Uh, and there's freedom there, right? I mean, that's, that's the whole point of Galatians, right? That you've been free. So I give up my freedoms to love Christ, but at the same token, we have to recognize that there is enough freedom in Christ that there is a level to where we can be charitable to others if they do it slightly different than I do. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is, you know, as stewards, right? Cause we, we in, yes. in a sense, you know, uh, we function as leaders. And so we're kind of stewarding, um, people in our, in the, in, in the, in the, um, circle that God has given us. Um, you know, you want the, the goal is to get to point a and you're saying, Hey, get there according to your strengths. Yes. Let me, inc- let, you know, let me be a resource to you. Yes. But once you start, you, you know, once you start straying from that road, you know, it's no longer going to point A, you're going to like some other, you're going to B or C. Yes. Then we got to, you still have to step in and like redirect. Yes. That's not a changing of preference. It's like a, a changing of, it's a correcting of, oh, you're going the wrong direction. Yes. It's no longer a preference issue at that point. It's more a truth yes. issue. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's important for me to know because it, one, I'm deferring to others, which is an acknowledgement that God is at work in them as well. Uh, and two, right. I mean, Hey, if you're, if you're not going to get your hand involved on that, then let, let people work the way they work, you know? And so what works for them works for them. And as long as it's not sinful, right. I mean, uh, it'd be one thing if I were like, you know, out studying with some other woman, you know, Oh, this is the way I study best. No, I mean, that's sinful, bro. Like, right. You should, you know, you, you can't be on a date with another woman, like, mm-hmm. you know, get home. But on the flip side, you know, um, you know, if I prefer, you know, if it works best for me to study at this time, then let me study at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, so, is it fair? Are standards fair? I, I think sometimes yes, but that goes back to expectation, right? Mm-hmm. The the standard the the, the standard is holiness. Mm-hmm. The, re, the 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 expectation is for us to be holy. The reality is because none of us are in our glorified body, we're not going to be perfect, but mm-hmm. we are striving to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, and we are walking to be perfect. So that kind of goes back to that expectation conversation. Yeah, it's it is, it is okay. But but I think that's right. Again, my preference is that every joke he tells would be funny. Well, that that's just may not work. You know, mm-hmm. my preference is that he wouldn't tell joke uh, jokes at all in his sermon. Well, that that might be fair. But you know, sometimes you know you got to deal with your pastor's personality. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there there obviously there are standards that we want. Uh, the goal is to pursue excellence. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And so we are all trying to pursue excellence. Uh, the reality is that we're not always going to pull that off. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, so it'd be one thing. I, I think you'd have a legit, uh, if you came, if we were sloppy every Sunday, uh, and you came to us after six Sundays and said, guys, it just seems sloppy every Sunday. You know, maybe, maybe Gino and I got lazy and need to hear that on the flip side. You may come and say, it just seems sloppy. And it's like, well, yeah, we're, we're using a, a building that we don't know, doing using equipment we don't know, trying to figure things out, and also run the corporate worship. So, you know, we can understand why it seems sloppy. Thanks for noticing. We're, we're trying to do better at that. Mm-hmm. You may then realize, oh, you're right. We're at a different building. We're at a different time. We're using different equipment. All of these things are variables that can make it seem sloppy, but we're not trying to be sloppy. It's just, unfortunately, this is a context we're not used to. Right. Yeah, and that that can be difficult. So, mm-hmm. uh, one other area I definitely see this in too, though, is in masculinity and femininity, right? Mm. Uh, and I did write this down in my notes because I, I kind of wanted to address this, where where uh, we define those issues based on preference. And so, you know, somebody says, "Well, he's not very masculine." Oh, well, why is he not very masculine? Well, he doesn't like sports. Oh, okay. You know, or he doesn't bench press 600 pounds. Oh, okay. You know, or, and it's kind of like, well, you're defining masculinity based on preference at that point. Mm. Or you're defining femininity based on preference. Well, she was using a power tool. That's not very feminine of her. Oh, okay. Could you please show me in the Bible where that's the definition of masculinity and femininity? Uh, masculinity and femininity, you're, you're a male. Uh, if biologically you're made as a male, you are a male. If biologically you're made as a female, you are a female. Uh, I would define manhood as a man who is faithful to the responsibilities God's put in front of his plate, not based on his preference. Mm. So if you meet a guy and he enjoys Pinterest, um, margaritas, and home decor, that's fine. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, that's fine. You know, that's okay. Yeah. Like, um, you know, and just likewise, if you meet a woman who, who prefers, you know, uh, wearing jeans and using power tools and building things like that doesn't make her less of a woman. Mm. Uh, and I think, right. I think unfortunately that sometimes our preferences bleed into that, right. Or our preferences bleed into who you voted for. Well, I have to acknowledge that the order that I write down what I think is most concerning to the country at some level, though they may be biblically defined, the fact that I ordered them that way at some level fits my personality and preference. Right. That's fair. Yeah. And I mean, I've gotten in trouble because I've said, I think inflation is as much an issue as abortion and is sinful. And some people say, well, you can't weigh it that way. Well, I have good reasons for that. 
Mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying abortion's not sinful, but at the same token, I am saying, hey, I think inflation's a big deal and it's sinful, and um, it's okay. It's okay for me to. I mean, I have a biblical reason for that, but at the same token, I can't then look at other people and say, how dare you not prioritize politically the issues the same way I'm prioritizing them? Like, you know what I mean? At some level, hey, uh, I would love to explain to you why I think this is a problem. But at the same token, I'm also have to realize that you may prioritize things a little differently. You know, maybe you see uh, our Canadian relations as more important, which I mean, they'll apologize at some point. Uh, that's my Canada joke. Um, but, but you know what I mean? But to sit there and say, how dare you not prioritize this the same way I do is a problem, mm-hmm. you know, um, because though it may be biblically informed, Right. I also don't have a Bible verse that says, make them prioritize what you think is uh, a priority the same way you think it's a priority. Hmm. I don't know if that made sense. Hopefully that <laughs> made sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I Let me try to articulate that a little better. Uh, I see conflict a lot of times between people because of the way they prioritize events in their life or the way they prioritize their time. And sometimes conflict exists because the people they're working with spouse um, doesn't have the, doesn't prioritize things in the same order. Gotcha. You know, your, your wife's priorities may be in the evening maybe centered around the kids, right? And your priorities are centered around something else. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, is it wrong that your priorities are centered around maybe reading that theology book and praying and talking to your kids about it? No, it's not wrong. Is it wrong that your wife's priorities maybe at that moment are feeding them, making sure, you know, their homework's done and things are cleaned up for tomorrow? Now, again, I realize that's a very stereotype of, you know, it could be flipped. The guy's priorities could be feeding, prepping for tomorrow, making sure their homework's done. And the wife's priorities may be reading, praying, and talking about that, right? And so, uh, one, there's nothing wrong with those priorities. The problem is because because if you look at their, like if they were both to write out their priorities on a list, because those don't match, right? You can look at each line and go, hey, those are all biblically good things. Um, even the doing your homework, right? Good stewardship of the responsibility you have of going to school, right? Trying to learn to prepare yourself for future, you know, for to actually to get into the workforce because if you don't work, you don't eat. So all those things are good things. Um, but often what happens is conflicts arise because, well, I wanted us to spend our time on this, not on that. And the other one's saying, well, these things need to get done too, and so what you have is a difference in priorities. And it's it's not like, you know, if you heard, if you just listened to my example and said, well, her prior, the, whoever's focused on dinner and school has ungodly priorities, that doesn't mean they have ungodly priorities. They may see the morning before school as the time to do that. Yeah, you're talking about order. That's yes, the, yeah. order of priorities. Like they're, right? they're all important. Yes. But how, how you, how, yeah, how you, um, how you order your day to accomplish those things right. are, are or, might be different yeah. or, or even order of priorities in the time that you have. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I think, I think that right there becomes an issue because right in the evening, these are the things we're trying to get done. Well, these are the things we want to get done. Well, the reality is if you've ever sat around the table with, with hungry kids trying to teach them a Bible lesson and their stomachs are growling, mm-hmm. it's hard for them to focus. And I get it. They get hangry at some point, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, it's ungodly of her to have those or, or ungodly of the dinner person, whoever that person is, husband or wife, to have those priorities. Well, ask yourself, does your does your spouse care about the Lord? And if the answer is yes, of course that that person wants your kids to be biblically informed and, and to pray as a family. Of course these are these are things that your spouse wants. But your spouse is saying, Hey, at this time, this is my priorities. And the other spouse is saying, Well, at this time, this is my priorities. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the point to die to yourself. Mm. and to prefer your to prefer your spouse right work with your spouse mm-hmm. hey i see every night you know um these are six prior these are six things you're trying to get done how do how do we accomplish this 
these are some things I'm wanting to get done. How do we work together to accomplish this? And realize there's some preference there, right? Um, it, you know, it's not a law that you have to eat at six o'clock. Uh, I've definitely, I've definitely run into situations where, you know, you have a couple that says, you know, well, we got to get food on the table. We got all this stuff done and I'm tired. And by eight 30 at night, I'm ready for bed. And, um, you know, the risque part of this is in couple relationship tension is sometimes you have one spouse that doesn't just want to go to bed. They, they want something else. Mm. And so uh, we're adults here, so we can talk about this. In marriage, sex is okay, right? So, you know, you have one spouse that, that wants sex and the other spouse doesn't want sex or, or the other spouse is tired from all the other things going on at night. And so what you have is there the pull of the pull of preference, mm-hmm. right? Whose preference do you die to? Mm-hmm. You know, and the spouse that would like to be intimate, that, that spouse might do well to go to the other spouse and say, hey, what can I do to help you be less tired so that we have time for this at the end of the night? Uh, maybe, the, maybe the dinner spouse needs to think, think you know what? Uh, tonight we will be okay with bologna sandwiches and, and intimacy afterwards, you know? So, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to kind of say, hey, I, I realize my spouse wants this, you know, on Thursday night or Wednesday night or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm going to die to my preferences and I'm going to ditch the Pinterest meal tonight and we're just going to have simple grilled cheese, you know, so we'll make it grilled cheese and sex night. Um, you know, rather than Pinterest six course meal where we're eating with, um, you know, uh, power tools and tongs and, uh, garden tools, you know, because it looks good, you know, we'll do the Pinterest meal on a different night and the other spouse is going, yeah, I'm happy to provide you with your, you know, your different garden tools to eat with for Pinterest night. (laughs) So this is a strange dinner, Jason. I'm just trying, I'm trying to imagine what's going on. Have you ever, well, you've ever, have you ever seen those, those beams where they're like, Hey, look, uh, here's dinner tonight. And the guy's got like uh, he's got like a garden hoe and a garden, uh, like a little hand uh, rake. And he's got a mason jar and the salads there. And it's like, oh, let me guess. You, you found this on Pinterest. Oh. You know? so, <laughs> gotcha. so like, uh, you know, you have this, you know, okay. and it's kind of funny because you yeah. do see these Pinterest meals and you're yeah. like, well, I would have never thought about eating that with a chainsaw. Yeah. But now that you mention it, it is yeah. kind of cute. I think everyone's with you now. So they they, yeah. they, they can see the meme now. They're trying yes. to figure out where you're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. But, but maybe. The, the point is, right, that you have... Uh, even even in couples and even in relationships, you have this expectation sometimes of how the other person's going to prioritize. And you'll hear this all the time. Where you, 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 I see this on Facebook, on Twitter all the time. Well, this is how they should do I mean, they, they, they didn't do it this way. And it's kind of like, well, that's your preference. You know, and right. the problem is you're now casting your preference onto other people. Right. Well, they should be wearing a mask in the car. Well, that, that's your preference. And again, you may have logically, factually informed, but at the end of the day, if you're by yourself in your car and you're not wearing a mask, I mean, you're in a car, like by you're yourself. Gonna get, well, you're going to get yourself sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From yourself. Yeah. You're spreading your own germs to yourself. And so, you know, and again, that, that's not, I'm not pro or I'm not, that's not any commentary on mask other than there's this reality and this recognition of, listen, I have to recognize that the way I even organize my priorities at some level is preferential to what works for me. Right. And when I'm working with other people, I need to sometimes be willing to give up my preferences for other people. Hmm. You know, but that, yeah. that is an interesting discussion because now you're kind of, you're making me think about politics and, um, uh, and even how, you know, the cities manage yes. and how the cities prior, like how, uh, even even just with the whole COVID thing, how um, what goal is prioritized? Is it is right. it hospitals um, being overflowed? Is it like people dying, or is it just right. infection rate? Like what, what? No one really knows. Doesn't no one seems to know? I should say. Right. Um, but like how they prioritize that is 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 um, is what's making me think. Like you know, as a believer, then yeah. how do we engage with with just society in general too. I mean, I don't even know that's in your mind or that's kind of how you're thinking uh, in terms of this, this discussion or not, but a little bit because uh, I think that's where the, the, you know, sometimes if you can understand how other people prefer to do things, 
right? Do not look out for your own personal interest, but the interest of others. So prefer, try to prefer them if you can. Mm -hmm. You know, I've certainly worked with some bosses who liked things done their own way. And I, I was like, that's just not, that's just silly the way you're doing it. But the smart thing to do as their employee is just to do it their way so that their life's easier in that project. And, and it's like no sweat off my back, right? And so sometimes if you can learn the way other people prioritize and they're not asking you to sin, just give them, pro, fine, fine, I'll do it for you, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll wear a mask around you for about eight or nine minutes. And then once my nose gets to the point where it can't breathe, I have to I have to give my nose like a two or three minute break, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but but that, that's that's a that's a medical issue with my nose too, and so it's weird, right? Because there there's even this like I have this desire to prefer you. Um, at the same token, you know, I'm trying to work with you. I'm trying to be pliable at this as well, and so. I just think that the be aware of, of other people's preferences is huge. Uh, it's helpful, especially in relationships with other people. If you can learn their preferences and the way that they kind of think, right. Die to yourself for them. Right. And so, uh, hopefully men in your leadership, what your wife is seeing is this die to themselves for you. And then you can die. Then what they'll hopefully, hopefully what wives are learning is, Hey, I see in my husband a leadership that dies to self for my preference. What the thing is, they're going to start to follow that as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And women that right, if you're running around going, well, this is my preference. You prefer me as my, as my servant leader this is a wrong approach, right? Because the, the reality is they should, you should be dying to your husbands as well and preferring them. And so, you know, um, if that's, if that takes you an extra 30 minutes to pick a restaurant, then take an extra 30 <laughs> minutes to pick your restaurant. You know, uh, sometimes we let our kids pick the restaurant, you know, uh, and that's fine because we, we don't have a preference. Well, Hey, how cool is it that Isaac got to pick tonight or Zach or Gabe or Gabe boys pick seafood, by the way. Ooh, he's my expensive he's one. He's the expensive one. He is, but he does love his crab legs. Um, but, but I think that, I think the points, hopefully the points made right when you're working with other people, their preferences uh, their priorities are sometimes going to be different than yours. And if you can give them preference. Gotcha. Yeah. So, right. And if they are asking you to violate the truth, then explain to them, you know, unfortunately I'm not able to do this for this reason. Right. Right. And I think that's, 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 it's good to talk through these things. Yes. I mean, it's a healthy thing to talk through. It's not, and that's the problem. Sometimes we, we just kind of get mad. Yes. And don't say anything. Yes. And, but, but there's a reason behind everything we do. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, with your kids' lives, is it is it okay that one spouse doesn't want to go to the fifth grade graduation? It's absolutely okay. You know, it doesn't mean they don't love this oh, kids. Oh, you're gonna get many moms mad, Jason. I am, but but <laughs> but guy thought is different from girl thought. You know, like um, you know, if we're at the pool, you know, I think it's great that women love to lay at the pool on the raft together and bask in the sun together. Maybe read a book, and that—that's women thought. Guy thoughts like, nah, there's there's water guns here, and there's kids. I'm splashing them, and they're going down. Right, and that's okay. It's just a different approach, and there's not a truth issue, right? Basking in the sun on the water—that's not truth. Water guns, not truth. More fun, but not truth, right? But preference issue. So to to acknowledge that preference is to say, I realize that that you prefer that. So because I love you, I'm going to die to myself and do this for you. However, you know, um, it's not a truth issue, and that's okay. So gotcha. die to yourself, love others. I like it. Yep. All right. Well, this was a longer podcast than normal, but so important. Hopefully at the end of this, you come away from the reality that, one, you need to diagnose, is this a truth issue or is this a preference issue? Two, give preference to others where you can. Um, three, be gracious to others who have different preferences than you uh, realize that because they have different preferences than you, it doesn't make them, it doesn't make them foolish or ignorant. It just means they have different preferences and go and love people and die to yourself where you can. And um, you know, especially Philippians two, four, do not look out for your own personal interest, but the interest of others. And so the goal of us is to serve and to love um, and exalt truth, stand on truth and, and die to preferences. Good deal. All right. Amen. Well, love you, Cornerstone, and uh, look forward to um, seeing you again on Sunday. And uh, we will 
be praying for you. And if you have any questions or comments or cries of outrage, do not hesitate to inform us. Yeah, send them to Jason. <laughs> right.